it's your birthday soon, Gabe. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Happy birthday weekend. Thank you. I'm getting older every year. Your birthday falls on Easter this year. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> For what? Easter Bunny. Resurrection of Gabe. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't. Easter is an interesting holiday. Do we, do we know where the bunnies came from and the eggs? I feel like it was a, probably a pagan thing. I, I really don't know. I think the eggs came from the, the bunny. The, <laughs> the idea or the symbol of, of new birth and resurrection. Bunnies don't lay eggs, do they? <laughs> oh, come on. Wait a minute. I'm just remembering this now. <laughs> I actually learned a lot of interesting facts about bunnies recently. Because of Easter? No, because I was interested. Oh, so you, you ever heard bunny of, facts. You ever heard of... The, the phrase, are we F like rabbits? Vaguely. It's because rabbits can get pregnant and give birth 28 days later what? to up to a litter of 12 bunnies. Is that where Danny Boyle got the idea for his movie? And then, Gabe, after they give birth, they can get pregnant again two to three days later. That's wild. Can you imagine if people were like that? <laughs> I'm assuming birth might be easier for rabbits. I'm hoping. Well, happy birthday, Gabe. What are we talking about? Bunnies don't lay eggs. I'm just like I'm having this kind of out of body experience, this epiphany at this moment. I've never thought about why East- does the, why does the Easter bunny bring eggs, Gabe? I don't know. You just kind of described the metaphor to me. Well, what are we talking about today? Easter. <laughs> no. After this, <laughs> we're talking about. Pam and Tommy, the new Hulu show. Yeah. Yeah, the new Hulu show talking about the famous Pamela Anderson sex tape, which ended the 20th century in style. Who could forget, you know, the iconic uh, footage? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I haven't actually seen it. I haven't seen it either. All I've seen of it is what was in the show because I came of age slightly after the turn of the century. Slightly? (laughs) I'm pretty sure you're in kindergarten. Yeah. Because I would think I was probably in first grade. Well, it was like, was it 97? I would have been very young at this time. So, Gabe, who's who's with us today? (laughs) We have back in the studio, Allie Burnett. Back at it again with the wife van. Series regular and friend of the show, Allie Burnett. Thank mm. you for coming back to, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Yeah. It's good so, to have Speaking you. about pleasure, we're talking about Pam and Tommy today. Great segue. Pam and Tommy, <laughs> as Gabe just described, is about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, who was the drummer for a band called Motley Crue in the 80s. Yeah. This show is multifaceted. It has a lot of layers. At least two facets, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry. We haven't recorded in a the while. The fruit was hanging low. Oh the fruit was so low, it was hanging, and I had to grasp it. This show has an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily Jameson, the titular role, Pamela Anderson, who did an incredible job. Talk about transformative. Unrecognizable, I'd say. This was like Gary Oldman levels of you know transformation. And this was like... In really something. Uh, then it follows the other titular role. Tommy Lee is played by Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, he's back. Seth Rogen, who I think helped produce this show, played Rand Gautier. Gautier, who is the person that sort of instigates the whole plot. His uncle, I think, who's in the porn industry, is played by Nick Offerman. We were just talking about him on the Devs podcast. 
Taylor Schilling plays uh, Seth Rogen's ex-wife. She's really good in this role. Uh, Fred Heshinger plays Seth Warshavsky, who plays a sort of a rival to Seth Rogen's character a little bit later in the show. Uh, and there's a bunch of there's a lot of people in this show, but let me see if I can quickly break down the plot. What happens in this show? Basically, I'm going to use the actors' names instead of the character names. It'll be easier for me. But Seth Rogen's character is a carpenter, and he's remodeling Tommy Lee's house, played by Sebastian Stan. Uh, some stuff happens, and Sebastian Stan, Tommy Lee kicks him out, and to get revenge, Seth Rogen breaks in and steals a bunch of stuff out of his personal safe. In that safe was a sex tape from Sebastian Stan and Lily James. They were newly married, kind of a kooky celebrity couple. Pamela Anderson obviously is of Baywatch fame. And like I said, Tommy Lee was the drummer, is the drummer for Motley Crue. So they got married after knowing each other for like four or five days, (laughs) made a sex tape, put it in a safe. It was stolen and then distributed all throughout, I don't know, anyone that could get their hands on it, I guess. Everybody. Um, Through that process... There's a lot of nostalgia fare in this show, like throwing back to early 90s technology, dawning of the internet age and dial up and all that stuff and um, trying to get the sex tape out online. Then the show kind of takes a turn and becomes more about uh, Lily James's Pamela Anderson character and how it affects her on a personal level as being a victim of an unwarranted exposure that came from that. And then the show ends after eight episodes on a semi-hopeful note of Lily James and Sebastian Stan having a child and kind of trying to work things out in their marriage because this seemingly put them through a lot of turmoil within their marriage. A lot of the information in this show was taken from multiple sources that were either articles or biographies written about these people books yeah so it is factual but it is also played up um a little bit at certain points to be a little bit more fantastical so that's the story and it came out on hulu and let's talk about it gabe what did you think or ali what did you think of it no gabe first me first it was an entertaining watch it's in tough competition this year already as far as television goes but I liked it a lot, mainly because of the performances of Sebastian Stan, Lily James, and uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah. For however, like he takes a back seat, like you said in the second half. But yeah, Lily James was incredible, digging into the deeper psyche of Pamela Anderson. I, d- I don't think Pamela was um, complicit in the production of the show. Uh, I don't think she had a lot of input. But I think what they did with the character that is you know, the version of this real person, mm-hmm. which I think was pretty faithful to what I've seen. Uh, it was very genuine. And Lily James brought a whole level of humanity to this character that most people probably would have no knowledge of, you know, sure. as, as far as celebrities go from that time and what Pamela Anderson came to represent because of what happened, yeah. you know. Um, so that was amazing. Of course, Sebastian Stan is always really fun. So this show kept me entertained the whole way through. Um, and I didn't know anything about the the true story of what had happened. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, suspenseful, not knowing how it would play out, except for the fact that I did know that, uh, 
the marriage would not last, I think. Right. Uh, shortly after the events of the show, they did get divorced. Yeah. And I think uh, got back together at some point and mm-hmm. then got mm-hmm. separated again. So it's a sad story, um, above all else. And ultimately, Pam is kind of a victim of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you said, it was really fascinating to watch with the backdrop of the the kind of the beginning of the internet and its commercial state mm-hmm. and what that, especially in the last few episodes as the, they start to use the dial up tone as like a, an audio or like sound motif. Right. And that was really cool because it adds it. A lot of people, <laughs> it's a very iconic sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dial up tone. So it did have that element of nostalgia to it, even outside of the, the human story that's being told. I don't know. It was funny. It was uh, entertaining. It was good. It was a fun watch. Robert Siegel is the showrunner's name. Dave Franco produced this. Seth Rogen was one of the producers. So was Robert Siegel, who's the showrunner. But anyway. It was also a banging soundtrack. Yeah, really good soundtrack. A lot of sounds of the times. I don't think I'd ever heard Motley Crue before. (laughs) But I'm kind of a fan now. Kind of like the way Peacemaker gave me an education on glam metal. Yeah. I got to live through the 80s and 90s. It was it was interesting. And two thousands. Actually, I will say before we jump to the next thing, real quick again, that uh, Lily James was obviously the heart of the show, but it was interesting to have a little bit of depth to Tommy Lee as well. Yeah. What Sebastian Stan did because of his struggle as like the because f- like Pam uh, until the sex tape was kind of like on her way up, right? But Tommy Lee was on the downswing because Motley Crue was flailing as it moved into the 90s. The idea, like what was popular mm-hmm. in music was completely changing, the sound of it. Yeah, they, they really, really ham-fistedly showed the Nirvana grunge crew roll up to their outdoor concert out, out in front of Tower Records. They used, uh, was it Third Eye Blind? Yeah. As well, which was really funny yeah. <laughs> because it's totally different yeah, totally. tonally. Uh, and it was just, you could see why Tommy Lee was the person he was, which is this impetuous, uh, like narcissist. Yeah. But he's going through his own turmoil because he is yeah. dropping from relevancy and right. celebrity status and uh-huh. what Pam's success means for him and how he doesn't really even see her for what she is because he's yeah so caught up in his own. So there's, uh, there's an automatic jealousy there happening and yeah, but on like a subconscious level yeah. because their relationship is, is, is touching and it's sweet at times and it's. It yeah. feels genuine, but it's also like Tommy is, he's is not an the idiot. Kind of, he's not the kind of person who pays attention to his emotions very yeah. well. So. He, he can't really see things as they are. <laughs> yeah. Allie, what did you think? Okay, you go first. Their tonal I shifts? feel like what I have to add would go well after. Uh, for me, I really thought that the show started off very strong and very entertaining. The first two to three episodes were like candy for me. I was really enjoying it. Um, it was, it had a lot of humor. It had a lot of satire. It was very nostalgic. There were really engaging characters. It was very well written. The acting was fantastic. Obviously Lily James, there's so much to say about her performance in this, this show, the makeup and the transformation that happened there along with her performance, her American accent and her, her kind of like, um, um, dreamlike high pitched, voice that she had that mi- that almost mirrored Pamela Anderson's actual voice was like spot on. I thought she did such a good job uh, embodying her. But apart from all that, the show takes like a couple different tonal shifts, then 
kind of like it. It also hints at Seth Rogen's character having sort of this uh, religious background and it dips into like, uh, it, tr- it tries to do some like spiritual uh, things and, and like meaningful spiritual things amidst kind of the, the playfulness of, for example, like when Tommy Lee's on drugs and he's talking to his penis, oh. like, <laughs> like I forgot about that. <laughs> it's, it's then going into like, you know, talking about God and the existence of the universe. And, uh, and then it goes into this really meaningful kind of thought provoking, exploration of what it meant or means to be a woman, but meant at the time to be a woman and be totally disregarded, uh, both in career and not having ownership of like, you know, you're a sex tape that was your personal property and then having ownership of what is said and about your own body and who you are and, and how that, you know, affects your character. And it, it, this really introspective look and dive into Pamela Anderson and what she must have been going through at the time. And then, then there's a, a couple other like strange kind of tonal shifts about like, there's, there's some like mafia stuff happening. And even though that's probably factual, it, it, I feel like the show didn't have, as far as the execution of how this show was made and brought to us so that we could behold it via Hulu on streaming I feel like it didn't have an identity and like didn't really know what it wanted to be. I did like the identity that it had when it had it, but it flipped around so much from sometimes between scenes, sometimes between episodes that I overall found it a little bit not as well executed as it could have been. And that could have been from different directors for episodes or, uh, you know, show running or, you know, production studio issues. I have no idea. But um, overall, I really liked it. But again, it mainly hinged on the performances and the the good writing, honestly, because I think it was a very well-written show. Um, so when you have good writing mixed with good performances, it's going to make for some really good entertainment. And that's what I thought. Allie, what did you think? Yeah, I guess as you guys were talking, when one question I was thinking of, um, is why make this show about these people? It's a good um, question. It is a good question. And I think that in this specific age we're in, like post Me Too, within Me Too, um, within this different realm of, of women having um, more, I guess, of a voice and there, there being more repercussions for the things that are said and done to women... Um, I think that I'm sure the showrunners looked at this show as a kind of an opportunity to tell Pamela Anderson's story because within the public, she is viewed typically as more of an object than a person Mm. and giving her. So the things that I liked about the show was that like it did give her ethos and um, go into her backstory and her personhood and um, give us an understanding and a compassion for who she is and, and, and some, some vindication in terms of, of allowing us to see her story and also grieve and be angered by the judgments that were coming, you know, towards her through the media as well as just the way that she was treated within the whole legal, you know, the actual legalities and the way that she was viewed and 
just not even being able to really to really like I guess have really have a voice at all you know when she's in like the the room with her lawyers and um I don't know like what specifically happened in real life but in the show they were showing like they basically were replaying the tape yeah um and pausing it and having her confirm that it was her like over and over again and you see this like um just this shame and this this like absolute emotional abuse happening and then also her the conversation of her you know she's a model you know she's modeled for playboy like she's been exposed in a certain way but it's because she's chosen to and she's been paid for it but this is a completely different situation where this was stolen from her and it's like the most intimate parts of her marriage exposed for the world and and it brings up this conversation too of like what that means for Pamela versus what it means for Tommy mm-hmm. and the show portrayed it as like Tommy not caring too much um even there was a scene where he was kind of drunk and almost like kind of bragging or something um yeah but for Pamela it's like a completely different perspective and she feels like absolutely um like taken advantage of Mm. and exposed um against her consent so it brings up all these like really important topics and and brings i think just like the audience into like the pain like the deep pain she was actually going through she also went through a miscarriage um during all of this and you know these are not the things that (laughs) the general populace knows Pamela Anderson for she's more of a stereotyped icon and so it brings I think it brings into question I think the importance of bringing forth people like her and other people um, specifically women who are seen this way I mean throughout history Mm -hmm. um, and having these types of discussions and hearing their stories and humanizing them and bringing um, the object perspective into a subject perspective um but i guess my criticism going back so those are the things that i liked but my my criticism of the show would be you know like you guys one of you brought up um we don't know how much the real pamela anderson um like consented to all the details of the making of the show and to me like that's a deep irony to the fact that the show is trying to bring like compassion and personhood to her character And yet the real Pamela Anderson, she's in a way still being treated like she's almost being she's still being used to make profit and to tell this story that she doesn't necessarily want to tell in this specific way. Um, So I feel like it does at the same time, even though it is doing a lot of great things, like I, I think it's also perpetuating this this kind of idea of like using someone's story or using you know using her and i just thought that was kind of interesting to think about as well yeah i didn't even think about that that's super true i i do not know how pamela anderson actually felt though i have to triple i only read one brief thing i'd have to look into it more but it looked like it what i read was was criticism from her maybe she maybe she because i i don't think that they would make this story without like asking first so maybe she like green lit it according to how they pitched it. And then mm-hmm. maybe the execution of it was not what she 
would have imagined, you know. Mm-hmm. But we hope you're doing well, Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. The where are they now thing was pretty funny at the end. Mm-hmm. They talked about Rand Gautier like going to live. I can't even remember where. Mm. And how he would sometimes bring up the story about how he was the person that released the tape and nobody would take him seriously. Right. He's a funny character. And I am curious because I haven't done any bonus research to find out how much of this is factual, but yeah, all the stuff you brought up, Stephen, about Rand, the dimensions that he brought to the story and what they may have added to his character with all the religious context mm-hmm. is pretty fascinating. And he was like working for the mafia at the same time. Yeah. The idea of karma, which particularly conflicted with his personal beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting character, but sorry, I spoke over you. No, that was all I wanted to say. Allie, do you think that this show was realistic or sensationalized in its portrayal of like objectivity of women? Would you say? Because it was a very sensational. Uh, there were certain show. Se- sensational aspects, but in terms of like how women's bodies are, um, like glorified or glorified or objectified, like I mean, it's the same thing that we see in most anything else. You know, like it's not it's nothing new in the way that they portrayed Pamela Anderson. It's like watching very any other various show or magazine or um you know media outlet tiktok whatever you know um yeah you know it's it's the most sensational thing was like like you said that scene with tommy being on drugs you know what did you think of lily james's performance she was great i thought she was really good she was amazing she's british right yeah yeah mm-hmm. do you think you could have done a better job <laughs> not as pamela anderson <laughs> Maybe as a different person portraying, but no. If there was one character that you think you could do a good job at acting, like portraying, who, who would that character be? Or what would that character be? I don't know. Say it. I have no idea. Out loud. Queen I have Elizabeth. No idea. Queen, an old woman? Well, a younger Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't think I would In the be crown. Queen Elizabeth. Like a season zero of The Crown. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You don't have anybody that you've like, oh, that would be fun to play, like Mary Poppins or something? Are you talking about like realistically no, or like any for ca- fun? Any character. For oh, fun. I don't know. It's probably like something era related. Joan of Arc. Mufasa. Mufasa? Princess Leia. Simba. What about Simba. you? Me? If I could portray a character, do I have to keep my body that yes. I have now? Yes. <laughs> um,. <laughs> <laughs> in this hypothetical scenario. Do I have to? <laughs> um, I think I would, I think, well, like, could I work out for the role? Yeah. Okay. I would probably make a good Colossus. Ooh. Okay. From what? what is X-Men. He's the oh. metal guy from X-Men. I'm not as familiar with X-Men. Um, I don't think I would make a good, like, a lot of other things. Because I'm so tall. Like, I feel, I feel like I'd be really, like, stereotyped. Well, they could shoot you down. Like, how they shoot, like... You know Robert De Niro, like up, like they can shoot you down. There's like oh, a lot you, of you short actors. You mean the position of the camera? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, thought <you> meant, <laughs> I thought you meant like, like insult wise, like no, they really no, no. shoot me down. No, they would. They could angle. You know, you, you're you're down in every scene, and then other actors they would shoot 
upward. Right. You're like right. 10 feet tall. Yeah. Who else? I mean, like Thor. I feel like I could play mm. Thor well. You want to be a comic book character really if, bad, don't if you? If I had hair, <laughs> if I had more hair and I had Thor like, definitely wears a wig. That's not all his natural hair. Out, if I worked out like crazy, I would think I could play Thor. Uh, really well, except, except I don't, I don't have like the, the accent down. I'd be like, somebody gets me a drink. There you go. That's perfect. <laughs> Thor. I'm Thor. Another, <laughs> another please. Okay. So anyway, uh, any final words about payment, Tommy? Great. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of the cult podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> in sentence. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in myself.